It's that time. Welcome to the Time to Man Up podcast. And here's your host, Sean Hess. Welcome to another episode of the Time to Man Up podcast. Robert Lewis in his series, Quest for Authentic Manhood. Make sure to check that out by going to his website. A great study for men. But in that study, it introduces us to the four faces of men. Last week, we began our study by looking at the king face, the importance of a man leading in his life with integrity. That king face represents the integrity that we have as we lead in our family, in our jobs, in our neighborhoods, in our churches. We lead with that integrity. In this episode, we are going to look at the second face of man, and that is the warrior face. I have two very uh, important pieces on my set for the podcast. Uh, I know that if you're listening to this on on the podcast and you don't have video, you won't be able to see this, but these two pieces are very important to me, and they're very significant today as we look at the importance of men being a warrior. One of those is a little statue of a warrior with a shield and he's got a his sword ready to go. It just it looks like he is ready uh, to take on the enemy, to go in and no matter what, he is going to fight the good fight and not tap out during the fight. The next one is of a military man bowing down And it says, gone but not forgotten. And what I know is that these are perfect examples of what it looks like to have a warrior face. But what we want to do is we want to take those two images of the warrior, of the military man, and we want to understand what does God tell us about what a warrior should look like? What does that warrior face represent the most? Because what we know is that this face represents a man's need to fight for what matters the most. There are a lot of things in life that a man can fight for, but not everything matters. Not everything is worth fighting for. In 2 Timothy, Paul is coming to the end of his life. And in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and I love this because you'll hear me mention this quite often over the time of our podcast And that is that 2 Timothy 4-7, I call it the 24-7 principle, right? But it kind of comes down to how we should live our lives as men. And one of those is, I have fought the good fight. So Paul gets to the end of his life and he looks back and he says, I have fought the good fight. Well, if he says, I have fought the good fight, what that means, guys, is that there are also bad fights. There are wrong fights, things we should not be involved in. So in my conclusion, based on life experience, too many men spend too much time fighting the bad fights. They spend too much energy on the fights that do not matter. 
And we hear that statement always that we major on the minors and we minor on the majors and and we just get out of sorts when it comes to our role as a warrior. When we look at the face of a warrior, courage is at the heart of the face of a warrior. Courage to fight when we need to fight, but also courage to walk away or to turn the other cheek when God requires that of us. There are some times when God is leading us away from the fight and all we want to do is go to the fight. And it's like we're looking for that fight and we're not fighting even with a good purpose or motivation. We're fighting just because we want to fight and that's not a healthy fight for men to fight. Courage gives us the ability to walk away when we need to. Now, here's a reason the people told Joshua, they said, be strong and courageous because they knew, they understood that fighting the good fight is difficult and it requires courage. So they say to Joshua, be strong and courageous. And if you do that, if you follow God, we are going to be right behind you. Unfortunately, that's not always true. We can have the best intentions, but we don't always stick to that commitment. But men, what I want you to understand is this. We are not only fighting for our own lives. We are fighting for those that God has placed in our lives. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying just your spouse if you're married or your girlfriend if you're dating. I'm not saying your children if you have children or whoever that inner circle is. What I am saying is this, that God calls you through the face of a warrior to fight the good fight. And we are fighting for everyone that God has placed in our lives. Courage helps a man Remain in the fight, even when the battle gets difficult. Trust me, guys, if you haven't figured it out yet, the battle gets difficult. Courage helps a man remain in the fight, even when victory seems impossible. There are those times when we just wonder, how in the world am I ever going to win this battle? Maybe it's a battle with sin. Maybe it's a battle of just following God and doing what God wants in your life. But there are going to be times when the enemy just seems too great. Men, don't buy into the lies. Don't buy into the deception that you can't win the battle. You've already won. God has won the battle for you. You just have to stay the course and stay focused on him. But what are some areas of your life where you need courage? Can you identify areas where you need to be more courageous as a warrior, where people are depending on you? Perhaps you need more courage when it comes to leading your family. Perhaps you need more courage when it comes to simply standing up for what is right. A man's lack of courage can be destructive in their own lives, but it can also be destructive to the lives of others. Others who are depending on us men to fight the good fight. Now, Robert Lewis, he gives us five characteristics of what this face of a warrior looks like. 
And, and Robert Lewis just lays it out perfect for us because we all know that when you hear the face of a warrior, that can be a good thing and that can also be a destructive thing. So the first characteristic that Robert Lewis gives us is initiative. A warrior takes initiative. Men, more of us need to take, initi- need to take initiative in life more often right? We need to initiate more in life when it comes to our marriage, our family, spiritually, in so many different areas because we are fighting a battle. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 10 through 11, it says, and the Philistine said, speaking of Goliath, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, They were dismayed and greatly afraid. The army of God was afraid of Goliath. Now, men, if we're real with ourselves, we will admit that sometimes in life we face some giants. And each one of us has different giants in our lives that we face. But Goliath is coming before the army of Israel, God's army, and he is defying them. He is defying their God, and they are afraid. Can I just tell you this? If you haven't understood it yet, the enemy will not hold back. And one of the primary reasons that men fail to take initiative is fear. They're afraid. Guys, if you're watching this and you are finding yourself to be afraid and therefore you don't take initiative, what are some of the reasons that you're afraid? I know for myself, even in starting this podcast, uh, along the line, I will do anything, man. I'm just a go for it kind of guy. But I would be lying if I didn't admit that there are some times when I wonder if I have what it takes. Sometimes I've been afraid to do something just because I don't know if I have what it takes. I'm guessing there are a lot of other men just like me that feel that way. Or perhaps you're just afraid to fail. I failed enough in life that that hasn't become much of a concern because if you try enough, you're going to fail enough. But it's those times when God works, when God opens the door and things go well that keep you coming back. It's kind of like for you that play golf, right? You can have a horrible round of golf, but you just have that one shot and it brings you back. In life... When we stand up, when we initiate, when we are courageous, even when we fail, there are those times when we succeed and God shows us the victory. In 1 Samuel 17, 24, it says, All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, Goliath, they fled because they were much afraid. Men, we need to run to the battle, not from the battle. We need to be those warriors that when the trumpet sounds, 
when the battle cry is heard, that we run to the battle and not from it. But in running to the battle, what we need to remember is that God is the one who brings victory. Remember, it's in our weakness that his strength is shown. And so therefore, just because you have this ability to fight, to be a great warrior, that victory comes through the power that is found in God. 1 Samuel 17, 32 says this, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. He says, King Saul, don't let anyone get discouraged because of Goliath. I'll go fight him. Men, perhaps you're in a stage of life where you've got a Goliath in your life and you've been running from from him with fear. You've been hiding behind the rocks when he calls out and when he challenges you. And you need other men to come alongside you that are courageous and will fight the giant with you. But then there are some times when you are the one that steps up, when you are the one that fights the giant, and you give other people courage. When you are courageous and take the initiative, men, you inspire others to do the same. I mean, isn't that great? When we think about this, when we step up, we encourage other people to do the same. And the other side of that coin is when people step up, when other men step up, they encourage us. So what I need you to do today is be honest with yourself. What areas of your life are you failing to take initiative? Unfortunately, one of the main areas that men fail to take initiative is in the spiritual area. We fail to spiritually initiate in our families. Take time to consider the impact when you fail to take initiative. Who is going to pay the price? What are going to be the consequences when you fail to step up and be the warrior that God has called you to be? So the first characteristic is initiative. He takes initiative. The second characteristic of a warrior is, is, is protecting. This is exactly why a man will run into a burning building to save people. It's how God created us. I want to share a little story about when I was in college. We had gone to the mall. I don't even remember why we went to the mall. Guys going to the mall I don't don't know why we were there, but we had gone to the mall and there was a main intersection that where you entered the mall at and a few cars ahead of us, the car began to turn to the left to enter the mall parking lot and an older lady, don't know if she wasn't paying attention, don't know what was going on, but she ran the red light and she just came through the intersection and she T-boned the car a couple cars ahead of us. I mean, she T-boned that car. It rolled the car over. It was a mess. And I jumped out of the car. I didn't think a thing about what I was doing. (laughs) 
I, I just jumped out and knew that I was going to get up and see if anybody needed help. So I got out of the car. I ran up to the front. By the time I got there, no one was there yet. <clears throat> and uh, the car was upside down. The guy was in his car. There were beer cans in the car, empty, some not empty. And either the guy was in shock from the impact or he just was drunk and, and didn't know what he was doing. But <clears throat> he was trying to start his car. So this man is trying to start his car. There is gas leaking. And I'm thinking, how do I keep this guy from doing what could harm him? So I'm playing tug of war with his hand, and he was strong. I'm trying to pull his hand off the key, keep him from trying to start his car. He doesn't get that he's upside down and there's gas leaking. And I remember that finally some other people came on the scene and were helping get the key out of his hand. We finally got it out of the ignition and uh, <clears throat> some individuals began to give him care and they were far more equipped to do that than I was. But here's the amazing thing. My friends after that, they said, what were you thinking? I wasn't. I wasn't thinking at all because if I would have thought about it, I probably would have thought, that's not a great idea. Gas leaking, a guy trying to start his car, things go bad really quick. But here's the thing. My mom and dad did not teach me to do that. I did not learn that reading a book. There was nowhere in my life that had taught me that. What had happened is this. God had created me to protect, to help. And that's why my first response was to run and dive into a car upside down with gas leaking while the guy was trying to start it without even thinking about what I was doing. And what I love about that, it shows that God has woven us together in a way that he has made us to be a protector. The problem that we are going to find in the world that we live in is that they have now turned that against us. That there are women in our world that say we don't need protected because they look at our protection as being that they are weak, and that's not what it communicates. What it communicates is that they have value to us, and we desire to do that. A great example takes place when Judas betrays Jesus. In John chapter 18, verse 3 through 5, it says, So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priest and the Pharisees, went there, the, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane with lanterns and torches and weapons, and they are coming to get Jesus. They got a band of soldiers that are weaponized, and they are ready to arrest Jesus. Jesus, this peaceful guy that was going around teaching about the coming kingdom, and they are coming ready for a battle. And then it says, then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, who do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. 
He's not running from them. He knows exactly what has to happen. He knows by coming forward, he's saying this, I have a job to do. I have a job to do. He knew that his death was coming closer. He knew that his time to die on the cross for you and for me was getting closer. And he was a warrior that was willing to do what he needed to do to protect us by dying on the cross so that we could have eternal life through Jesus Christ. But then it happened. The Bible says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. Now, fellas, (laughs) let's just look at that for a little bit. These men, these soldiers with weapons, come to take Jesus. Now, we know that during this time in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, the disciples had gone with him, with Jesus, But then Peter, James, and John went off, and I'll remember that's the sons of thunder and Peter, uh, the guy that cuts people's ears off, and they go in with him, and and he's like, fellas, can't you stay awake for a minute to pray with me? I'm facing some tough times. I am in the middle of a battle, and I need you guys. And they kept falling asleep, said the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. But all of a sudden, Jesus is under attack in Peter's eyes. That Peter sees these soldiers coming to take Jesus, and his first response is to protect. He pulls out his sword, and he cuts off the soldier's ear. Now, let me just tell you this. There are so many ways that goes bad, right? I mean... That was a near miss from a fatality, right, with that strike. Peter was not coming in just to guard against. He was coming in to hurt, to harm, to protect, and he was willing to do whatever he could. Men, when's the last time when you were willing to come in and protect no matter what the cost to you? And Jesus turns to him and says, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Now, I'm quite confident, though I don't know the mind of Jesus, that Jesus probably thought in his mind, man, I am so grateful for a guy like Peter who is willing to stand up for me, who is willing to protect me. But Peter, this is not the time. So he says, I want you to put your sword away. When we look at the face of a warrior, we look at a guy like Peter that was willing to have Jesus' back even if it cost him his own life. I mean, that's my man, right? Peter was willing to pull out his sword and go against a band of soldiers that were there to physically take Jesus. And he didn't even have to think about it. It was his natural response to pull out his sword 
and to protect Jesus. I love that that <laughs> Jesus tells him to put away his sword, and then he puts the guy's ear back. I mean, what's that like, right? I mean, this guy, this soldier's thinking, man, things just got crazy real quick. My ear's gone. This isn't good. And Jesus puts it back on. I want to say this. And maybe it's because I feel like a lot like Peter in my in the way I live my life. But I feel that Peter gets a bad rap all the time. Everyone remembers him for his failures. They remember him for sinking in the water rather than walking on the water. They remember him for cutting off an ear, right? They remember him for denying Jesus three times and the rooster crows, and he's devastated. But this is also the same man who Jesus trusted to start the church because he knew that Peter would give everything he had. But everybody remembers his failures. Peter took his sword in an attempt to protect Jesus. And do you know what we know? No other disciple did that. No other disciple stepped up to protect Jesus. Would we think that they were more spiritual and understood that? I doubt that. Peter was the one that was willing to protect no matter what the cost. Men, a woman has a need to feel protected and safe from harm. As a husband, it is my responsibility for my wife to feel safe and protected from harm. And so there are things that we do as men to protect women. Now, here's the problem. In our world, we have this mentality of women can do it on their own. And can I just say this, that God has created us to do that. But I know that's not what we hear from the world. I remember one time in college, which was a long time ago, that I went to open the door for a, for a girl going into the cafeteria. And I opened the door for her, and she stopped and stood there. And... I had always been raised to open the door to do that. And she just looked at me. So now there's this awkward moment where my fellas are, they're, they're in the door. They walked in. I'm holding the door. There's people coming in. And it's this like standoff of what do we do here? And she says to me, I can open my own door. And I'm thinking there was nothing that communicated that I did not think you could open your own door. I was just being a gentleman like I was raised to do. I'm like, when did opening a door for somebody become bad? I would open it for a guy. So when did it become wrong to do that? But in the world that we live in today, they have devalued man's ability, willingness, whatever you want to say, to protect women. They've made it a bad thing when the reality is is that God created us to protect. 
Tell you what, when I raised my boys, I raised them to make sure a woman gets to her car safely at night, to make sure when they drop a lady off at the door that she gets in safely. I still, when I drop my daughter off, I watch her all the way into the door until the light goes on and I know she's in there safe. And I would do that for any other woman when I dropped them off. Why has our world found that to be wrong? I mean, my wife and I take walks together at night and our neighborhood doesn't have sidewalks. And so I have her walk on the curbside. And I walk on inside of that so that if a car comes through and somebody gets taken out, it's me. Nobody had to tell me to do that. It's what I do. And it's not devaluing my wife. It's saying, I value you so much that I want you to walk on the inside so that if a car takes somebody out, it takes me out. I don't look at it at this big as this big courageous thing, and I also don't look at it as a big insult to her. Why do I do it? To protect her. Men do not allow the world to devalue your role as a protector. We need men that will stand up and protect women. And ladies, if you're listening to this, please do not believe that we are communicating to you that you are weak. And that you can't protect yourself? Always remember that all we are saying is that you have great value. Value that is worth protecting. Men, husbands, protect your wives. Protect your daughters. I mean, can I just tell you this? When my boys went out compared to when my daughter went out, I viewed it totally different. And whether somebody wants to think wrong of that, that's up to you. But when my boys went out, I was just a little more confident that they could take care of themselves. When my daughter went out, I hoped that one of the boys was with them or the guys that were with her would watch out for her, would take care of her. Because she was my daughter. And as a man, I was raised to protect. And when my daughter is looking for someone to marry, I want her to look for someone that will protect her, that is willing to do whatever it costs. So the first characteristic is to take initiative. The second one is to be a, uh, to, to be a protector. The third characteristic of a warrior is providing. I want to share with you one of the craziest stories in the Bible. Uh, it's just, so the Philistines have taken over Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the city where David was born. That's his hometown, right? And uh, David is longing for a drink from a well from a city. It's his favorite drinking spot, right? It's a well that when he would go there, the water was the best. And so this thought, made me think of something. And if you watch this podcast and you're from my hometown and, and, and you went to the, the school that I went to, you're going to know this, what this is, that this is true. The junior high that I went to, 
had this water fountain in the gym. It was the nastiest water fountain. It had like the thermostat was there. People had put gum on the thermostat on the wall. It was just nasty. But it had the best water that I've ever had. It was freezing cold. I mean, you would drink this water and it would literally freeze your insides as it went down. It was so cold. I loved it so much that I would walk across the school just to go drink from that water fountain. So I can understand what this is with David. And he's just saying, man, with everything that's going on, I wish I could have a drink from that favorite water fountain, that favorite well. I wish I could have a drink. Now, I didn't have to fight the enemy to get there to get a drink. I may have had to run some suicides in basketball practice, but David is wanting a drink from a well that is under the captivity of the Philistines. They've taken over his city. And in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 16, it says, When the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem, that was by the gate and carried and brought it to David. Okay. So David's got these bad dudes, the three mighty men. I mean, these guys are amazing. The things that they do on the battlefield are just unbelievable. I mean, they're killing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds in battle. Eliezer, one of the mighty men, he fought so hard and so long that his hand was stuck to the sword. They could not even pry the sword out of his hand because he had been holding on so long and so tight. And so David is standing around with the fellas, and he's like, man, I wish that I could have a drink from my favorite well in Bethlehem. Boy, to have that. Unfortunately, the Philistines have taken over Bethlehem, and I can't get it. And these three men take it upon themselves and they break through the line of the Philistines just to get David a drink from his favorite well. I call that kind of like hashtag crazy amazing, right? Hashtag crazy, crazy that they went through and they did that. Hashtag crazy amazing that they actually did it and were successful. I mean, I don't know what that's like. You know, do you put it in a little thermos or what's that? But they put this water, and now they've got to go back through the camp. They have to fight again just to get back to David. So not only are they fighting to get in, they're also fighting to get out. Men, God has given us the responsibility to provide for our family. Sometimes due to complications of life, providing for our family becomes difficult. Sometimes we get injured and we're not able to do the work that we used to do. And that's understandable. But what is not understandable, men, and again, we're just shooting straight here. And these are when we begin to lob some boulders in. Too often, men fail to provide because they are lazy. 
They have failed to accept the role that God has given them. I'm telling you, too many men have become too comfortable on the couch. They have been too comfortable with the game controller in their hand. And instead of providing for their family, they have become lazy. And all they think about is themselves. What do they want to do? Or what don't they want to do? We need men that will provide, that will go get that job, that will work hard to provide for their family. Now listen, I say that as one who stepped away from a position that I had for 32 years, and and the reality is, is that as far as making money, I was making some of the best money I had made in my position because of the length that I had been doing it. And I stepped away from that, and now I'm doing something that I make nothing for right now, but I believe that God has called me to do that. And that has been something I've had to wrestle with is my role as a provider for my family. And so sometimes those talks happen with my wife of how long can I keep doing this before I have to go get a real job. But praise God I have a wife that believes in time to man up. She believes in what we are doing through this new ministry. And the way I provide it is being a good saver. I saved well. We didn't spend everything we had, but we saved it for a day like this where we could use that to get us through to whatever that next step was. So men... We need to take initiative. We need to protect and we need to provide. The fourth characteristic is that a warrior is persevering. A warrior is persevering. The mighty men of David are a great example of perseverance, right? They never gave up. No matter how great the enemy was, no matter how difficult the fight was, no matter how many people fled I mean, right, these guys are fighting battle against the Philistines and everybody is leaving and they're left alone to fight. But they stayed in the fight. Men, we need to persevere. We need to persevere. Tapping out is not an option. Too many people are depending on you. When I think back to my 32 years of ministry, it hurts to remember the men that have tapped out. It hurts to remember the men that failed to persevere. And because they failed to persevere, the consequences were great. 
People fell. People were hurt. Marriages fell apart. Families fell apart. Because men were unwilling to stay in the fight. In the same way with David's mighty fighting men, the Bible says this, the Lord brought them great victory. And their victories encouraged other people. We need to be those men. Too many men choose to quit the battle rather than persevering to the end. But I've also seen this. I've seen men persevere. I've seen men win the battle and God has brought them victory. We can't forget that. The last characteristic of the warrior is this. It's fighting. I know, uh, you know, uh, having played hockey and my boys played hockey, fighting always got you a penalty. There are things worth fighting for and things that aren't worth fighting for. Right? We've talked about that. Paul said he had fought the good fight. There's a good fight and there's a wrong fight, a bad fight. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, that we are to run to obtain the prize. We are not in the battle to lose. We do not head into the battle thinking, hey, I can't wait to get beat up and lose this. Men, we fight and we give everything we have and we don't hold anything back. We can't afford to hold anything back. Too many people are depending on us. Paul also says, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Men, it's not just a willingness to fight, but it's how we fight. We don't just flail our arms, swing our sword around just to fight and act like we're doing something. But we need to be purposed in the fight. We need to be disciplined in the fight. And we need to guard ourselves so that we do not become disqualified, so that we don't fail. But I want to tell you this. When a man fails, that is not the end of his fight. That does not mean that you no longer have value in the battle. Men, some of my greatest lessons that I have learned in life, that have helped me be the man that I am today, that have helped me be the pastor I was for 32 years, many of the lessons that I learned came in my failure in the battle. Those times when I failed, God picked me up. And he said, Sean, you are never going to win this battle because you are such a great warrior. 
You are going to win the battle because you're fighting my battle. And I'm fighting yours. God says, I've got your back. Just keep trusting me. Paul, and I shared a portion of this earlier. Paul in 2 Timothy, he's coming to the end of his life. He knows the end is coming. In 2 Timothy 4.7, remember that's that 24-7 principle. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Men, we need men who will fight the good fight. They will fight for what is important in life. We need men who will fight for what is eternal. We need men to stop fighting for the temporal, the worthless things of this world. Don't waste your energy fighting the wrong fights. I mean, right? There are some of you that put your head down and you're just like flailing. Remember those people that in, in school, man, they would fight, they would get in fights and they just put their head down and they started flailing their arms. And you were like, the only way they're going to win that fight is to get lucky, right? And to happen to land that punch. But there are others that knew what they were doing, right? And they stood back and they kept their hands up in a defensive guard. And they struck when opportunity gave itself. Guys, that's when I enter the battle. I want to have purpose. I want to be ready to fight the good fight. I want to get my hands up and be ready to defend when necessary. But I also need to make sure that I'm paying attention to those around me. Men, don't get so comfortable in life that you fail to watch those around you because there are times in life when there are people in a battle and they are losing and we need to enter the fight for them. We need to come alongside them and be willing to fight with them. Oh, to have been there with David's mighty men. When those three men broke through the line of the Philistines to get a drink of water for King David. Makes me think of the three musketeers, right? All for one and one for all. We are a warrior so that we can be there for other people. And if there's a lady watching this today, please know this. We do not think you are weak. We think you are valuable. We're going to fight for you. And any man that isn't willing to fight for them, you need to get things in alignment. You need to take on a responsibility that God has created you to do. We need strong and courageous men willing to put on the king face, willing to take the responsibility that God has given them to lead with integrity. Willing to stand up in a world that will oppose it. We need men that will be the warriors that they need to be. That will fight the good fight. That will fight the fights that are worth fighting. In the world that we live today, 
they will not cheer you on. When it comes to the king face, they will not applaud that. When it comes to the warrior face, they will put it down. And they will tell you that they don't need it. But God created you to do it, and it's time to man up. But as there was danger with the king face, there's also danger with the warrior face. There are two opposite sides of the, the, the spectrum, the pendulum, that are very destructive. The first part of that is men fail to be the warrior that God has called them and they become a wimp. We have men that have chosen to be a wimp to not fight the fights that they need to be fighting. Now, let me tell you this. I don't care if you lift every day. I don't care if you've got muscles all over the place. Clearly, if you watch on YouTube and you see me, I don't have those muscles. If you're listening, just trust me. I don't have those muscles. But I will fight anyone. I will fight beside anyone. The good fight. If there's a man that's struggling, I will be there and I will give everything I have. But there are too many people that have chosen the path of a wimp. And instead of engaging in the battle, they have stood on the sidelines. Guys, we can't do that. There's too much at risk. And the sad thing is, is just because you have muscles doesn't mean you're strong. Because spiritually, too many men have become wimps. And they're not leading their family. They're not taking on that responsibility that they need to. But the other side of that pendulum is that other men become destroyers. That all they look to do is fight. And most of the time they are fighting fights that do not matter. We cannot be men that refuse to enter the fight, but we can also not become men who destroy everything in their path. A warrior fights for what matters most. So again, our world is desperate. They're in desperate need of men who are willing to put on the king face and lead with integrity, men who are willing to put on the warrior face and fight for what matters most. The question comes down to this, fellas. Will you be the man who future generations look to? It's time to man up. Will you be the men that your sons and daughters can look up to, that others can look up to, to see what a man of God looks like. And men, the more our world 
takes us down the path of what they think a man looks like, that is the further they will take us away from what God desires for us as men. God wants us to be a king. God wants us to be a warrior. Now this Thursday, we're going to have Doug Jackson back. We're going to finish the episode where we look at his time on the Appalachian Trail and the life lessons learned, and I can't wait to to finish that interview with him. But then next week, we are going to conclude with an episode on Tuesday and then on Thursday, another episode, where we are going to look at the final two faces of man, the face of a lover and the face of a friend. So make sure that you are with us for those next three episodes that we have coming up because we are so excited about that. We hope that you have found this time valuable and we hope that it has given you something to go and to think about, to be challenged with as you think about the four faces of man, specifically the king and the warrior. We all need to do a better job. None of us are perfect. We're all a work in progress. But if you have found this valuable, please make sure to go and follow, like, share, whatever you can do to get the word out. But what I know is this, it is time for men to rise up and become the men that God desires them to be. The battle is real. People are depending on you. No more standing on the sideline. It's time to get in the game. It's time to man up. Guys, have a great day. Take care.